This is like the, the blooper, blooper reel. real. You have to use this footage. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, we're having a good time here in the studio. I'm joined by my <laughs> really good friend, Claire. If you need to find her on LinkedIn, you're going to find her under Claire M. Davis of Traction Resume. But Claire, thank you so much for joining me today. I know it's a little short notice, but I am absolutely ecstatic we were able to pull this together. Oh my goodness, me too, Tim. This is just our way. I don't know if anybody had the chance to catch Tim on my podcast last year, but you're an absolute gem. You have so much to share. And I think that now this will be our third impromptu podcast recording together. So it's, I'm thrilled. We're getting up there. And if, if it's not our third, it will be soon. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny that we come from such different angles uh, professionally. Uh, you, of course, are, are helping people really get prepped to find their next best role mm-hmm. and, and enhance their careers. And while I do the same thing, I come from a slightly different angle, and that is, you know, leadership consulting and, and uh, coaching. But we have a lot in common because the challenges that people are facing today are really, are really similar, and there's some themes emerging, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say. And you know, when I first started my business, and for anyone who, who we haven't met yet, I'm, I'm Claire Davis and, and I run Traction Resume. So essentially what I do is work with professionals in the medical sales industry and help them to come across as how brilliant they are in real life on paper. So what I didn't recognize would be part of the role when I very first started this company was that there would be so much coaching to help people to really foster what leadership and core morals look like for them on the inside. I really thought, Tim, that it would be, hey, everybody kind of knows their North Star. They've got their why down pat. They know what their their core uh, drivers really are. And I get to just put that on paper. But a large part is finding out those things as well. So I am eternally grateful for specialized coaches like you because you help people figure out that internal stuff and then we put it on paper to share that with the world. I mean, the more I work and as I'm I'm entering now, what, I'm two and a half decades into doing work with leaders. Mm. And, you know, I'm just convinced every day that fluency is at the heart of everything. They have to know themselves before they can properly represent uh, what they're ready to be out in the world. Mm-hmm. And if they can be that honest self when they take the job uh, through the, the interview process into taking the job and then with their teams, it's just so much easier and it's so much more authentic and it's the yeah. easiest way to build trust because you don't have to put it on. It's You're just ready to do it all day, every day, because guess what? You don't have a choice. That's who mm-hmm. you are in the wool. So I'm with you 100%. I mean, getting people to the point where they are ready to put it down on paper is such mm-hmm. a big step. It Even really if they're going to stay where they're at, um, it's better to be dealing in reality because otherwise the universe is going to give you a smack. <laughs> and <laughs> let's, let's avoid that at all costs. Yeah. Um, well, as we were getting ready to hit record here, we were talking about a couple of different things regarding personal brand. So I'd like to get your thoughts on really what does that look like from an importance perspective, both in 
you know, medical sales, but also more generally just for anybody that's on a, on, uh, in the middle of a career pivot, what does Mm -hmm. that look like on the outside? So back in 20, Ooh, I'm going to date myself here about, about 10, 15 years ago. Um, you know, I was entering into the workforce into my chosen field, which mm-hmm. was at the time marketing. Um, and I had come up in the ranks through my career from a pharma recruiting business with my parents. So, you know, the career conversation for me was always something that was very familiar. Mm-hmm. So the shock was that after my first job, which I had the degree for, I had been getting great results for my employer. The job comes along, it lasts about six months, and then I get laid off. Mm-hmm. And I was absolutely floored, Tim, because being in, you know, learning how to interview from age 13 and being the only one coming up to the city volunteer job with a brag book, I really thought I had any kind of career uh, snags, you know, completely wiped out. Right. Mm-hmm. So huge shock. So I get back into the field. The next job I have is is where I enter into medical sales and absolutely love it. Start doing well in the field, start getting great mentorship, falling in love with healthcare and helping people with their health. And a year and a half later, I get laid off again. And so the reason I'm sharing this story was fast forward. I did not realize until the third layoff. So another one after this that people wanted to do business with me, not because of my product or service, but they actually wanted to do business with me because of me. Mm -hmm. But I didn't recognize it that way until that next job comes along and um, get another layoff. And I get this phone call, Tim. Um, It was one weekend. I remember sitting in our little farmhouse out in Penryn, California at the time. And I get this call from the lab and the lab director says, Claire, we are completely out of kits. Um, we need to run this diagnostic test for this breast cancer patient. She she needs this stuff right away. Can you help us? And I said, well, I mean, absolutely. But you, I mean, you know, I don't work for that company anymore. Mm. Um, I'm more than happy to help you. But also, I know that I introduced you to your new rep. So I'm curious why, you know, also you reached out to me. Um, and by this time, I already had the kid on the way. So, I mean, it was help and then question. And my thought was, you know, he knows I'm not there anymore, but but what is it about still wanting to work with me? And he, he said, well, Claire, we just know that wherever you're at, even if it's not the company where you used to work, that you would help us. Hmm. And I think that was the first time I recognized that meanness that I had in my impact on other people. And it was the first time that I started to realize that I had value to offer aside from what my name tag read and aside from what title I had in business and aside from what company and what product I was carrying in my bag. And so I think to your question, um, beginning to understand the value that we have is the very first step. And I don't think that we often have the opportunity to do that until maybe we take a retreat with the team, you know, a year and a half into our employment, or maybe just maybe we have an amazing leadership coach brought into the organization to start digging up some of those internal things. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, it was quite a surprise. So I'm actually curious, when did you start recognizing that, 
it was going to take the internal work and the internal discovery to start bringing out the external results. Mm. Uh, in others or in myself? In yourself. <laughs> sure. Um, before, before I tell you that, I want to say what a great story that is and how much I want the people that are listening to really mm. key in to some of the, 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 the important parts of that. And that is, you know, we often think that we're the sum of our education or our work experience or everything that would typically be on a resume or on a LinkedIn profile, uh, at least traditionally. Mm-hmm. And what we're discovering more and more is our reach is not defined necessarily by just our expertise and our qualifications, mm-hmm. but that, there were, that we're showing up as an individual that people want to understand the story of and want mm-hmm. to know how they got there, just like you're asking me and we're talking about this now. Um, and I was just going to drop that there was a really interesting stat that came out that when they were talking about um, how LinkedIn controls its algorithm, it's not looking for subject like uh, evidence that a person has a certain degree or education. They're looking for are they talking in the context of their profession when they're talking casually and they're talking about their family and can they and is this a real person? Mm-hmm. And so that realness, I think, is so important. And um, to answer your question, you know, the most important or the the watershed moment for me was about 2006, 2007. And I was working with a plumbing HVAC company and I'd done a lot of good work with them. Um, we redesigned their inventory systems. This is when I was more operationally focused. And I did a bunch of, of, of coaching for them, but there was a lot of hard operational work that went into turning this multi-generational company into a company that was full of trust and excitement and getting and teaching a lot of old dogs new tricks. I remember we had a senior stock um, guy that was well into his 60s and that everybody thought, um, you know, he sort of was his his way or the highway. This guy took up what I was teaching around uh, how are we going to lower the, co- the sunk cost of rolling stock in, in, in their trucks. And we lowered it from like 300,000 average per truck down to 14,000, which is a huge savings when you're not talking about having a bunch of parts just yeah. rolling around the city and getting obsolete. Anyway, long story short, I did all this hard work and then I left. And about a year, year and a half later, I got a call saying, we have a conflict. We have a real problem with an employee. Somebody, somebody was hurt. They fell. They got hurt on the job site. We don't understand why. And we need you to, they're not really willing to talk to us, but we need to get to the bottom of it. And we suggested that we talk, they talk to an HR person or somebody that we could bring in that was independent. And yours was the name that came up. Yeah. And we want you to come in and, and I said, well, I'm not in the HR field. I'm not a, I'm not, this is not the type of work that I, I do. I mean, I've done it. I've done readiness for work. Um, but as a manager, and they said, no, we'd really like you to come up. So I checked with my lawyer. Everything made sure I was <laughs> I was clear, and I got in the car and I rolled. It's about you know two hours out of town, and I get to this this company and I sit down with this gentleman, and it was a hard story. Um, he, he there there was um, an issue with pain and there was an issue with medication management, and he was not fit for work. Period. Mm. And I had to tell the people that trusted me to bring them this, that that was my conclusion. 
that wasn't what they wanted to hear. It's what they needed mm-hmm. to hear. And so why I thought that was important is because although I was safe to weigh an opinion in and I was ultimately, you know, reasonably qualified for what they were asking me to do, the biggest thing was they trusted who I was and that I could hold the trust of these people uh, on both sides of both the management and the workforce fence. Mm-hmm. And everybody was happy with, well, everybody was satisfied and felt complete. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was a huge moment that said, this had nothing to do with what I know, other than some experience doing it and some common sense and, mm. you know, basic management principles and things like this. Um, but I wasn't an expert in that field. Um, it was who I was and who I had meant mm-hmm. to these people and the trust that I had garnered earlier. Thanks for asking. I didn't really expect my story to be in, in the middle of this, but you know, yeah. that, that really would, would probably be the moment. And then it became clearer and clearer when I went in and I designed great, designed good processes. I was running enterprise risk portfolios and things like this, but it always boiled down to leadership and leadership always boiled down to character. And mm-hmm. when I teach brand, both for teams and individuals, I like to say, don't confuse brand with marketing. Um, we can talk about it that way, but it's not just the font and the color. You can say anything on a piece of paper, but what do people experience? And so right. if you're going to put something down on the, on a piece of paper, it better be the same thing they experience because right. that's truly your brand. The moment they experience you, any words you put down on paper are secondary. Mm-hmm. But from a resume perspective, to say it that way, <laughs> they better be consistent, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, um, from what I've – one of the many things I've learned from you um, is the flow state that you often talk about. Mm. And so I feel that if someone is to trust you to that point, right? So, So when they experience you after reading your resume, they know they're not getting catfished because Tim is exactly what we expect. Right. And so you're exactly exactly who I expected when I got to know you on LinkedIn. I wasn't shocked necessarily. I was delighted, but I wasn't shocked that you were who I had experienced through your marketing Mm. um, and that aligned with who you are really and who your real brand really represents. Right. I wasn't shocked that you were who I thought you were. Mm. Um, But I think that it's it takes a level of that trust that you build to give people the confidence to say, look, we need this thing done. We know that it's not necessarily your um, specialty, but we believe and we trust you and Mm -hmm. we know you. And so we are comfortable with saying, Tim, please help us get in the flow and then you learn from there. You know, yeah. well, and, and I think that's that's important. And I'm going to throw it back at you. Sorry, but I got to do Uh-oh. this because it's funny when I talk to my when I talk to the people that help me with with production and social media and those kind of things. And we're talking just just last week we were talking about a carousel post, something mm-hmm. simple on LinkedIn when we talk about, you know, part of the things that have to carry carry us. And yes, it was my brand. But she said, you know, what do you like? And I said, go to Claire Davis's page and take a Aww. look. I'm serious. I and not a word of a lie. And I would, and again, not to, not to pump your tires too much, but I mean, for people, again, go to Claire's page 
and see, because the thing is, is it's it's professional and slick, but it's also you, like through and through. And yeah, go for the carousel posts, stay for the Claire. That's what I would say <laughs> to everybody out there. <laughs> but, That's gonna be my new tagline. Too. There you go. Thank you. You're hired. Better than, better than a, a breath of fresh Claire, we could say. No, I'm just <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the best. <laughs> <That was> bad. <laughs> the best. Um, no, but I mean seriously, like uh, the you you want to. Okay, I work with, as you know, and you've helped me suss this out, I work with a lot of linear thinkers and a lot of engineers. And I remember, oh, man, it must have been 11, 12 years ago now, I was working with a group in a mega project. Mm. And somebody came up to me afterwards and said, man, that was awesome, because I had done this this collaboration session between competitors. And they said, but man, you sure sneak up on people. And I said, what? And he's like, we had no idea who you were or what you were about to do to us. Oh. And, and just as a piece of, of, you know, and I'm quite comfortable in the nebulous, right? But as a piece, as a comment, they said, just so you know, you know, engineers, geologists, scientists, whatnot, we're pretty linear for the most part. Mm. And we really like it when you tell us what you're about to do and yes. maybe even risk spoiling the surprise a little bit, but don't try to hold back the punchline. Mm-hmm. And, Man, so now, I mean, I think I'm kind of message forward with everything mm-hmm. because it's like they're going to figure it out anyway, and I'd rather not surprise them. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Know. Well, and but, you know, I think, I don't know if you know this, but I have a degree in advertising mm-hmm. from Ohio University. Go Bobcats, if there's any Bobcats out there. There you go. And, you know, when we were coming through and earning that degree, a lot of what we learned was that, being clever was part of the job. And now Mm -hmm. there's something to be said about people who can bring levity to a message and really, you know, kind of zag when people zig and so on and so forth. But sometimes if we're a little bit too clever or if we sacrifice clarity for cleverness, it can get lost. It it can get lost just as ambiguity can. And Mm -hmm. something I see commonly with resumes, so not to, not to completely you know, no, go uh, back to it because I think reboot. it's huge. I think it's a great but place to, to focus. What I find is people are usually very nervous to mm-hmm. speak about the specifics that they know that they are good at because they think they feel that the industry expects them to use certain words and to use certain ways of putting things so that they will look prestigious on paper. But what happens is everybody ends up saying the same thing. And while I'd love to say there were like magic power words, right? Let's list them right <laughs> now. Experienced, um, team player, yep. uh, just dis- market disruptor. Okay. The- those are, have all already been overused. Mm-hmm. And instead, a large part of what we do at Traction Resume is that we help people to recalibrate and understand what are those specific things that you're known for doing? So, you know, mm. what what do people commonly comment or compliment you on, Tim? Because probably that's something that people know you for. And you might not even have an opportunity to recognize that until you work with a resume writer, a coach, a storytelling strategist, somebody who makes you stop and say, oh, huh, there is a through line. And I'll be darned. That does sound a bit like a system I'm might have been using all along and I didn't even recognize it, but that's who you are. You nailed it. 
I honestly, um, which is why, I mean, I really appreciate you as a peer mentor. Like I do. <laughs> I remember that, uh, I was right. Like I'm just coming up on the anniversary of this double knee surgery. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I told you the story where there was a really essential piece of work that I had to do. And I ended up doing it the day after I got home from the hospital in my bed marathon, two nine hour day virtual sessions. The yeah. second one after sitting too long the first day was 100% from my back with my laptop <laughs> propped up, you know, so that they're looking down on me as I'm resting my head. Oh, uh-huh. and my knees are up in the, in the air with ice packs on them. But mm. I got such a nice compliment from one of the people coming out of that session. And he said, you know, you've got this way of, of making sure that everybody's voice is heard and everybody feels listened to in the room. And you always find a way to make space for everybody to get their thoughts out. Mm. And I never thought about that at all as being something that, that I, that I was able to do, but it's 100% core to my process. And it's also core to me individually because, you know, from an empathetic perspective, I hate to feel like, just because you're introverted or you're taking time to process what you're listening to, you're not getting your point across mm-hmm. um, because me- meetings aren't always built for everybody in the room. So, right. you know, from that perspective, and as you say that, I'm like, you know what? I haven't even put that on my resume yet or my mm-hmm. profile. I've never really, I think I put the link on my, on my LinkedIn or, or the quote on my LinkedIn or something at one point, but you know what you I find? That, I've never actually connected those dots till right now that that was oh. meaningful for that for that reason. So thanks well, for that. Of course. And you know, um, what I find most often, especially with people who have been in business for a while, and, and even not in business, it doesn't matter if you're in business necessarily to recognize this, but what I find is what is most familiar and natural for us. What is just something we do so naturally, we would never even recognize it as quote unquote special mm-hmm. is exactly what is so remarkable to other people about us. It's like our mundane is remarkable to others. Mm. And I, um, I remember uh, I was talking with my husband a long time ago about not that long ago, a couple of years ago about cooking. And I learned everything that I know about cooking from his mother as far as it comes from a recipe. And she was this incredible chef, baker. She could make absolutely anything. People would come literally for miles to Mm -hmm. join us for dinner at her house. And so she taught me everything that I knew about cooking from a recipe. So one day we're in the kitchen and, um, you know, we're talking about what we're going to make. And we didn't happen to have the things for the recipe, um, my husband and I. Yep. And, and, and his mother. And so I look in the fridge and I, I kind of just look at the chaos that's going on in there. You know, mm-hmm. we've got like three jars of pickles. We've got like a couple of things of tuna and like a couple of, and I go, well, we can make a pretty decent casserole. And both of them were like, I'm sorry, what? what? Like, like a casserole. And I was like, well, like if you connect these dots and so on, and you know, and this might work and that's kind of a vinegary thing. And you know, and it'll make sense. You know, the, all the chaos will make sense. And both of them stopped in their tracks like, okay, okay, well, let's try it, you know. Yeah. But I didn't think, I'm just so used, I was so used to, I think, cobbling together 
because we didn't do a lot of recipes growing up that for me, I am very much like an order out of chaos type. I never looked at myself that way until little things like that would come up or someone will tell me someone will get on a phone with me before we write their resume and we'll talk for two hours and they will throw every detail from when they were 25 and on at me and we will talk through everything. And And at the the end, and you make it. You bet. And they, they often even apologize. Hey, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was rambling. And I'm like, no, 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 that's the good stuff. The stuff you don't think is like mind blowing is what people often miss about themselves. That's so incredible. But it's hard when you're so used to doing that, doing things one way, you don't recognize it as significant. So Claire Davis takes a messy career pantry and turns it into an amazing resume casserole. (laughs) Exactly. That makes, that gets you a job. (laughs) <laughs> they get you a job, but yeah, a, a three-star right. Michelin casserole. Mm, exactly. Yeah, Thank with you. nothing but Ritz crackers and and well, no, it's got to have more than Ritz crackers mm-hmm. and a can of tuna. But um, mm. no, that's great. And it's funny because uh, I, I I cannot. I, so I don't know if you knew this, but I mean, I was a professional chef for a number of years. Oh gosh, so this is what you're you're No, no, this is my No, I love it. No, I'm I love we used to call it in the kitchen um the Jesus Christ factor. Um not to be sacrilegious, but to say that this is a person that can turn water into wine. Oh love it. Um and you often face those things where something doesn't turn out and you have to make it work. And I remember going through my classical chef training and there were there were three masters there was a scoffier, which the the um, with the American with the, which the American school um, teaches, and there okay. was um, herring, which was a slightly different uh, approach, which are which is it was a German uh, original master, and that's the school that I trained under in Alberta here because we had a lot of um, Swiss, German, and Austrian chefs that we were working mm-hmm. with, and among the the masters, there was this. Uh, there's a book by Saulnier called The Repertoire, and the difference between those three books is that Saulnier just told you what the ingredients were, no levels, no oh. preparations. The book was tiny, and it expected because you were creative and flexible and knew the basics about how all the ingredients work together, that you'd be able to figure it out. And it was oh. an amazing book. So the rest of the books are quite thick. And Saulnier was just this tiny little thing. And it would just say, okay, we're going to make this classical dish. Here's the six ingredients. And that was it. Period. Period. Wow. Good luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but the thing is, is that, that when you think about it, you never know exactly the nuances of what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, balance and composure and you're back to flow. Right. When you're talking about that, there's the creative anxiety that has to be there, the excitement and the ability to take something and then the ability to turn that into something digestible and the control that's needed. What do I do with it? How do I form it up? How do I make it useful? Mm-hmm. And so a balance between those two things, right, the chaos and the order, very, like really, really important. And in, in a way, so much more dynamic and it has so much more potential than starting you know, paint by number, 
which is to, like rounding around to the original part. Maybe this is a great place for us to begin to wrap up and maybe consider where we go next conversation. Yeah. Is that the, is that the, the resumes, as you said originally, they can't be formulaic and they can't be so traditional because we, we've gone the route of painting by number and it puts you into the hopper with a bunch of other people that look pretty similar to you. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of differentiation. Mm-hmm. So maybe part of brand is embracing the chaos and, and getting through the messy stuff. I love this thought of like brand casserole. Like, wow. <laughs> you know? So maybe the, the um, I think maybe a all, little Jesus Christ moment on top. You know what I you mean? Know? <laughs> like, oh, you know, you need a little help. <laughs> you might need a little help, but I mean, and that's Love the it. thing. It, mm-hmm. Why, why do we need help? Well, if we're in a project, if we're in a project, we need a lot of different personalities or work styles to bring that project home. We need the deep thinkers and the inventors and we need the people who can tell what's a good idea and what's a bad idea. And we need those people that are going to connect the dots and we need those people that are going to bring the essentials to making it happen. And then we need those people that are actually going to bring it home and produce that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And anything we do that's of consequence and worth has all of that. It's rare that a single person, let alone the person from the inside, the, the applicant can do that fairly for themselves. And it takes an outside view uh, mm-hmm. to become fluent. So anyway, I'm excited by this. Um, the casserole. So we could maybe next time and maybe not too long, we should really try to find time. Let's go for it. Sure. Um, let's talk about some of that internal journey and some of that chaos and, and dealing with it. And then also maybe some of the fear that stops people in their tracks for, for saying, you know what? You got pickles. <laughs> yeah. You got some tomato paste. This can work. Caper. <laughs> a caper. You know, we're either going to have, we're going to have a casserole or we're going to have some warm antipasto. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's, let's make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Also, now I'm hungry. <laughs> Are you? Final thoughts there, Claire, and, and maybe uh, as, we, as we wrap up, let people know where you are, what you're doing, how can they get in touch, how can they learn more? So thank you so much for having me today. Um, I can't tell you what an honor it is to be in leagues with you, and 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 you're so incredibly generous with the advice and the, the peer mentorship that you share. So thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be on your show. Um, uh, I would Ditto. <laughs> now it's a lot of fun. We just keep impromptu recording shows together. It's it's how it should always be. Yeah. Um, but I would say, you know, if anybody is out there and they are struggling moving forward in their career or you've been laid off or you want to get a promotion and you are stuck and you keep getting passed over or, hey, maybe you've had a beautiful career and you want to get into the C-suite, but you're just not sure how to package yourself to do those things. Give us a call um, because Traction Resume, that's that's our bread and butter. What we do is we really listen to your story. And believe me, we've heard some really complex, challenging ones. And we help you to sort it out so that not only do you show up brilliantly as you are on paper, mm-hmm. but also so that you learn how to talk about yourself, too. 
because a lot of times just going through the process can remind you what that system for success really looks like for you and why that makes you absolutely powerful um, and, and what that system is that you're ready to bring in terms of value to somebody else. So if you want to find me, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I pretty mm-hmm. much live there. Um, or you can always find out more at tractionresume.com. That's T-R-A-C-T-I-O-N-R-E-S-U-M-E.com. And we'll have all of those links in the show notes. Awesome. So we'll make sure. And, uh, you know, one more time, I know that you've really helped me clarify who I am and what my offering is. And so, you know, honestly, um, I can speak from experience that you, people will know it. Just, just go and, go and see folks. <laughs> You'll get it pretty quick. <laughs> Come send me a message. I'll send you a voice note. There you go. I love it. Yeah. Great. All right, Claire, thank you so much. And I can't wait till we do this again. Okay. Me too. Thanks, Tim. Best of luck. Bye. You are such a pro. This is great. Oh, come on. So much fun.